Time to spice things up. This is Curries and Coconuts. Hey guys, welcome or welcome back to Curries and Coconuts. We are finally back after a super uh, relaxing and amazing mm -hmm. winter break. Uh, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Uh, I hope that your 2021 is fantastic. It's so weird because like she, she always remembers to say Happy New Year and I'm that asshole that like when I pick <laughs> up the phone and I'm calling somebody and asking them questions. Um, like, I had to make a couple of calls over the break. I'm like, oh, yeah, so do you guys have this? Or, like, do you guys have that? Like, is this a service that you guys provide? And then I'll, like, hang up the phone and forget to say Happy New Year. And she's like, Aka, you forgot to say Happy New Year. How could you? And I'm like, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, that is kind of mean for me to not say it. Especially because, like, one of the days it was a new year and working on the new year must kind of suck. So, yeah. like, I was like, dang, yeah, that was mean of me. But, yeah, she always remembers. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Happy New Year to everyone. I hope that this year is fantastic. Uh, but let's leave 2020 in its dust. It's, it's uh, finally done. But yeah, we have, a, we have a exciting episode to talk about today. So we're going to be talking about, you know, a uh, recent K-drama that we've been watching. I know Akko wants to talk about this book that she's recently been reading. And we're also going to be talking about accents, which is our main topic today. So I'm excited to talk about that as well and our own personal experiences and things that we've observed uh, as we've grown up and kind of been exposed to, you know, cultural, like as, as, as with different regions, there are different dialects, different accents. So, and talking about ours and like our Indian versus American accents. So yeah. Word, word. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, she mentioned this, that, like, we wanted to talk about this, but she's been convincing me forever to, like, watch a show, just, like, give a K-drama a chance. And way back in high school, I had watched a pretty decent amount of those, you know, that, like, of maybe the first few episodes here or there, and I always thought it was, like, a little bit serious, and they kind of have this rep of, like, being a little bit more serious and these jokes about like how in a lot of dramas people catch amnesia and all that makes me sad because I'm like how can the characters not end up together or how can they forget each other I can't watch that see happen. you never watch the entire thing though because almost always when there's amnesia they always end up together so I but I just like I want like it to be comical and the ones that I watched at that point weren't necessarily as like comical they were very very serious and like um intense mm -hmm. uh and i feel like what you decided to choose well is let's talk about the entire thing first i i kind of found two dramas initially that i actually love um so hospital playlist and hi bye mama mm -hmm. and when you saw those you were like this is too serious for me i okay, don't okay. like okay so hospital playlist not really my vibe but like the... you never finished even the first okay, episode I understand, though but you like... didn't give it a chance you I were will... very close-minded <laughs> i will say i was just i didn't like that one i was open-minded to both of them i liked hi bye mama it was very very sad but it was really well put together, in my opinion. Right. But you'll never know with Hospital Playlist because you stopped it, like, halfway. <laughs> but it's fine. It's whatever. So she <laughs> kind of gave me this, like, either find a really comical... Usually C-dramas are very lighthearted. 
and like they have some serious elements but they're very like rom-com based um but then she was like or find me another k-drama that you think i would like and i in the summer watched crash landing on you which is basically um I don't know, it's very difficult to describe, but like someone goes parasailing, lands in North Korea, there's a romance story behind it all, um, yeah, so like, there's, that's the Netflix show that's uh, called Crash Landing on You, so I kind of introduced that to her, and she really, really liked it, so we're watching that like, as, as much as we can, so what do you think about the show? No, I like it so far, it's, um, I obviously don't know about, like, the pragmatism of the actual story, but yeah. I don't like things for the sake of them being pragmatic. Yeah, like, the fact that this is all, like, very fictional and, like, we don't actually know, the, like, the factual parts about it or, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very fantasy. But it's very, very cute. Like, usually they have different, like, character types and stuff like that, but I feel like both of these characters, like, I always like somebody who's, like, a little bit more lighthearted and like sassy or fiery and sometimes it's a girl sometimes it's a guy but like um in this case there's a character like that and then there's like a character that's like very very um genuine in their actions and stuff like that but doesn't like to admit how they feel so it's like really cute and it's kind of in this messed up situation but there's still like cute stuff that's happening so um i don't know it's not too serious there's not like too many moments where they're not like but where you know that they're going to be fully um, separated at, like, the beginning of the series. So you know that, like, there is a possibility that they may be at the end, which is why you're, like, trying to watch it through. Yeah. But, um... And I refuse to tell her what happens at the end, so she just has to wait and see what happens. Which is not fair, because, <laughs> like, whenever you watch movies, you're like, is this what's going to happen? Is this what's gonna happen? That's Is true. Is this person gonna die? Is that person gonna be okay? Will they end up together? And usually I'm the person who asks all these questions. It's just that, like, with a movie that she really needs to know what's happening, like a thriller, she's, like, all about it. So, um, but I think that it was funny. I liked the series. Like, she specifically, like I said, I was very, very picky about my tastes and stuff like that. But yeah, she'd done a great job of specifically picking this out for me. Like, she was like, you know what, you like things that are a little bit comical and lighthearted, but they still, like, have a storyline, some level of drama, but it's not, like, drama to the point of unnecessary stuff where, like, there's a person that has this disease or this person, like, got hit by a car, you know, whatever the case is, because I don't like that in dramas from anywhere. <laughs> Like, I feel like it's too much, so I just don't watch them, generally speaking. So, I I mean, I really, really like it so far. You know that every day I ask you yeah. to watch at least one episode. Um, and we're, like, six episodes in at this point, so... Ten left, ten left. Ten left, which, oh, um, I've mentioned this before, but, like, it's not the best, but lighthearted shows kind of keep me going in a sense because I'm, like... Okay, at the end of the day, I get to watch something that's a little bit loopy and it's, like, not super focused on real life. So, like, if I have a stressful day, it'll be good. Um, but what I like about this one is, like, also the way that it was filmed. Like, I feel like it was very, very high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one of the essentials that people often forget in dramas is that there's, like, things happening with surrounding characters that are somehow involved in the main character's stories as well, but just not as intensely. So, like, the whole thing about the brother's friend and, like, what's going on with the company 
and stuff like that and like paneling back to like people like her family that aren't even in the situation yeah like i really enjoy all of that and even just like the fun side characters like the um military troops that are like i mean i'm i don't know if Everyone will know what we're talking about, but, like... I know, I know, but yes. I'm trying to explain it. Like, I really like that they have, like, other side stories that are going on, and, like, the thing about um, the whole... Uh, the engagement, blah, yeah. blah, 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 Like, it makes it much more interesting to follow, because there's all these little pieces that could fall apart at literally any second, but mm-hmm. it's not, like, in a way that you're, like, oh, my God, it's more of in a way of, like, how are they going to overcome it this time? Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So, it's, like, it's drama, but in, in a way that is somehow positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. I don't know. I feel like, like, for the most part, it's always, like, you who has shows that you actually watch and find, because I watch, like, a repetition of three shows. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be like, hey, come and watch this with me, and I'll be like, hey, let's rewatch this episode of Superstore for the 50th time. No. Do you want to? <laughs> I think you get that from, like, Dad, too, because Dad always watches, like, Superstore on repeat. Or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and yeah. we'll all just sit there and be like, all right. He also likes Last Man Standing mm. and, like, con- like uh, Tim Allen's acting in that, too. So yeah, watching like, those over and over and over again. I <laughs> like shows be. like that a lot. But, like, watching them repeatedly, eventually they do start to get boring, so it's always nice to have, like, another one added on. And my go-to when I was younger used to be, like, those holiday Hallmark movies. Because they were, like, cute and lighthearted. What, when you were, like, four? <laughs> what do no, you mean by younger? Uh, you know the, like, romance holiday? Yeah, what do you mean by younger? When I was, like, in co- at the beginning of college. Like, That's younger? Well, I mean, I get that it's not that young, but it's, like, young. You know what I mean? Like, 18, 19 is not, like, this year for me. Yeah, you make yourself sound like you're 45, though. I mean, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very youthful voice. Oh, yes. I feel like that actually is true. Like, people would, I think, assume that I'm younger than I am because of my voice. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. I feel like when I pick up the phone and I call someone, they're like, are your parents home? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I mean, I'm talking to you. Like, <laughs> take me seriously. Well, people always assume that I'm young when I look, when they look at me as well, but then, like, when... I think it's based on the mannerisms with did you talk to them in person because when I talk to them in person, sometimes they're like, oh, dang, how old are you? I feel like it's not just, like, random people, too. It's also our grandparents and, like, relatives that we speak to on the phone. Like, uh-huh. they'll be like, they either can't tell, like, what we're saying because we have, like, such thick American accents or because we also sound very similar sometimes on the <laughs> phone. So then they'll be like, oh, which grandkid am I talking to right now? Who are you right now? <laughs> But I think yeah. like sometimes people say you kind of sound like mom too, like relatives. Oh yeah, I, I I'm like I think I I think I'm like the octave right be- between you mm. and mom, so it it can go either way. If I'm feeling very like impassioned and I'm like a little bit more higher pitched, then I go like more your voice <laughs> tone. Or if I'm like upset or just like chilling or just you know in a very relaxed mood, I tend to drop an octave, and then mm-hmm. I'm in mom's. Uh, I think right now I'm probably like closer to mom's than yours right now yeah you know but no it's very very weird because like oftentimes i do get like which kid is this and sometimes they'll like, be talking to you and they're like thanks papato kuti yeah oh uh, and it's like no this is this is not papato this is the wrong grandkid <laughs> yeah and it's not like that thing that like sometimes your parents will like accidentally call the wrong name it's like the thing of like 
Ralton really doesn't know which person is talking to them because we sound so similar. But yeah, um, no, I definitely relate to what you're saying about accents. I feel like I, the longer that I've been here too, like relatives are like, "Dang, your voice is so American!" Like when you speak in English, I can't fully tell what you're saying. Um, and then for people's accents, sometimes when speak, people speak Tamil, I can only like understand what they're saying if I'm familiar with the way they talk. Like if their accent is super thick. And I don't get it because they, I haven't, like, spoken to them before. So I'm like, give me a minute because I need to listen. But mm-hmm. I feel like that that's the way that our accents come off to them. Because, like, it's not like we're speaking in an Indian accent in English. We're speaking in a American accent in English. And they're like, you don't pronounce any of the words the same way. Mm-hmm. This sounds weird to me. Um, like when, what are, when mom and dad show us, like, Nature, future, as they teach it, like future is future and nature is nature and like stuff like that. So yeah. it 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 definitely comes across there. Like I, I've, the pronunciation can sometimes be so different that people get thoroughly confused. They're like, I think I've heard that word before, but I've never heard it the way that you're saying it, right? So it's it's that kind of like the accent barrier. Yeah. I know we talk about a language barrier a lot, but there's also an accent barrier that definitely does exist. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like like even the style with which they teach it differs in different places. Like when um, in the region that like mom went to school, it was very different than where dad went to school and stuff like that. Like even the nature future thing. If you, like, go, you know, to the region that's several hundred miles away, they would probably teach it differently yeah. from that. So, I mean, even that becomes different. Because mom is always like, oh, this is this type of accent from here. This is this type of accent from here. Mm-hmm. And she just knows, like, which place it belongs to. But, um, I don't know. I think it's interesting for a couple of reasons. Because, firstly, like, you had mentioned the whole regional accents thing. Yeah. Like of how it differs from place to place. I think that's the case in the U.S. too, because people, like, also tend to make a lot of assumptions based on that. Like, they'll be like, oh, if you have an accent that sounds like this, we would assume that you're not as smart, even though, like, your accent doesn't determine that. Or if you have an accent that sounds foreign, it means that, like, oh, you must not be as fluent in English, or, you know, you must not belong here. And the truth of the matter is, like, um, at least for the sake of, our family, like, dad still definitely does have an accent, and he has lived here for a very, very decent amount of time, like, several decades, so it's, like... I wouldn't yeah. say, like, it's a super thick accent either, like, yeah. it, it's definitely... I feel like he kind of has the perfect accent, mm-hmm. so, like, he's able to be understood very well when he speaks English, and also very well when he speaks Hindi or Tamil or whatever other languages he speaks, because he speaks, like, a million, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like stuff like that, it's definitely interesting to see. I think mom has lost her act. Mom turns a little like, I think this could maybe do with like British schooling in, in, in India. But like when she speaks English, she has like a little bit of a British accent yeah. instead. So it's it's not like... Mom goes posh. Yeah, mom, mom goes posh. So it's not like she's she was actively living in the uk or anything but i guess because of the uk's influence on on specific places in india um you know you're a bit more exposed to that that style of english instead Mm -hmm. rather than the american how are you um 
you know, the accents that we're talking in right now, so. Yeah, um, well, I mean, the point I was trying to make with Dad, though, was, like, he's lived here for so long, just because his accent even sounds yeah. a little bit a certain way, it doesn't mean that, like, he is not American, he definitely oh, is true, American. Oh, true, 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 um, yeah. But I just think it's funny that people judge based on accents, of all of that kind of stuff, and, like, obviously, I know a lot of people who are, like, international students or whatever the case who are very, very fluent in mm-hmm. English and it's it's just like annoying because sometimes people don't help people who have accents just because they have one or they assume that like you're fresh off the boat or something like that which is like a bad stereotype in general too to like tag somebody with some of those terms if you're not one of those people but um no I definitely understand what you're saying too about like British accents being spoken and teached in schools because like in certain places especially with Bollywood stars They'll have them taught by, like, British people or by um, people with American accents. So when they go on, like, Bollywood movies, their accents are not, like, Indian in the normal way that, like, an Indian accent would be, which is not super intense, by the way. It's not, like, the thing that people usually think of. But, um, you know, theirs in Bollywood will be, like, even more toned down so that it sounds cool and it's, like, cool for a Western audience and, like, oh, look how refined they are, blah, 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 which I think is dumb, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it kind of, like, goes back to this whole idea of, like... I mean, like you said, British people were the ones who were teaching here and, like, who colonized it, so there's this whole perception. Um, among several accents, Indian accent included, that is, like, you know, that accent isn't attractive. The most attractive accent is the British accent. And is that because they're the colonizers that they taught us that, like you know, this particular group of people, the way that they talk is the most attractive and we should always feel that way because it's carried along for a long time. Like, if I think about friends in the U.S., they're always like, oh, the British accent is the most attractive. Like, we were talking to mom and dad the other day and they were like, you know, Indian people probably think that British accents are one of the most attractive accents too. Like, it's just interesting that we believe that the people who were like, colonizers are the ones that have the most attractive accents even though we want our land back and fight for independence in both of the places yeah it's really funny too because i kind of feel like as i've gotten older i i haven't like i used to put a lot of glamour on like british accents and i used mm-hmm. to be like I, I i've been told that i can dip into one occasionally um <laughs> she does she goes all posh every once in a while yeah i don't Dog. why why do you keep calling it posh it's not posh we I need to like, like not not denote british accents as posh because well, like it I, gives them power well i don't know if it's like the same thing as fancy like fancy is fancy but posh is like ooh, i I don't know. Like, there's, like, an air of arrogance with posh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like... I'm not saying British I, accents yeah. in general I'm not arrogant. saying, like, British people or British accents are arrogant or anything. Yeah. But, like, they're generally, like, the the people... The people know of them the most. The most and, is arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... But, yeah. What was I talking about? Back <laughs> 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 it up. I'm, I'm trying to. I was talking about accents... British accent, dipping into a British accent. You dip into a British accent. I do sometimes. dip into a British accent sometimes, but I forgot what I was talking well, about. Well, we were talking about um, Indian accents and how they're not perceived as as attractive as British accents. Ah, were we? Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh wait, the colonizer accent. Right, right, right. So like She's first, not- yeah. First off, um, you've definitely been more exposed to Bollywood movies than I have. So, like, your point from earlier about talking about, like, how 
maybe they're a little bit more oh i remember what i was gonna say more underdone is like very true i guess like i've heard mom and dad say that too as that is just our opinion i want to yeah, yeah. Some our, our opinion our opinion and then also as i've gotten older i've personally like realized that or uh, i've personally kind of come to these terms that i don't really care what accent a person has it anymore like uh whether it be a korean accent or an english accent or you know an australian accent new zealanders also have some like different like slang and like accents that they talk in uh you know that i could list off like a thousand more different types of dialects indian like chinese like all these accents but i've kind of come to terms that it, it doesn't matter like it's cool to have an accent it really is like regardless of what your accent is but other than that i don't think that it's really a basis of attractiveness anymore at least at least in my opinion I don't think it should be a basis of any, like, personality traits. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be a basis of, ooh, this person is fancy. It shouldn't be a basis of, ooh, this person, like, is not as fluent. This person isn't as smart. Like, I'm not even talking about international accents. I'm talking about, like, regional ones, too. Yeah. Like, all the assumptions that come with it or the way that a person looks, the way that they talk, like, all of those should be dropped because they're intelligent people and, like, um, fancy people regardless of, like, what it is that you talk like or yeah. look like. Um, but I think that the thing that I had wanted to call out after you said that about like, you know, accents not necessarily needing to be as attractive is there was, I mean, people still make a lot of assumptions about it. And sometimes they think they're making like beneficial assumptions about it. Like the whole thing about, oh, you know, an Indian accent means that you're smart or, like, you're good with computers. You're, like, you're the IT guy. Mm -hmm. Like, those quote-unquote positive stereotypes are still not helpful. Um, For, like, multiple reasons because it still puts people in a box. And then um, the reason why I brought it up was because at other companies, some friends of mine who are, like, international students in college had told me that the recruiters who are working there had decided to like, suggest to move them to a different region. They were like, oh, you have this accent, so I know you live in the U.S. now and you want to stay here, but I think that we should send you back to this region because your accent fits in there. Right. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's somebody's choice of where it is that they want to be. It's not because of their accent. Like, you're pretty much, like, re-stereotyping and dividing people based on what it is that they look like or what it is that they sound like to go back to the place it is that they came from and if they want to be in a different part of the world, like, who are you to say that your accent is this so you belong here? Right. Even if you think it's helpful to you or, like, the sake of the company, that's that's still... Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I don't know. I it's, no but it's still stereotyping. Like, uh, that's not the word I'm looking for, but, like, it's still dividing people into buckets and stuff like that on criteria that isn't the right way to divide them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just thought it was unfortunate because sometimes, like, uh, even with the name of a company, you think it means that they're modern or something like that, and then they'll do things like this that kind of make you question it. Um, like, I don't know if this is true. I'm not going to specify, but I'd heard about, uh, and this is not at all related to accents. I just kind of want to bring it up because it's, it goes with the flow of the topic. I'd heard about a tech company that um, would use, like, the Friends theme song Really? As, like, an interview requirement, so you had to clap along to it. Um, and if you didn't, like, the, it 
quote-unquote, show them that you weren't in high spirits. And if a friend of mine told me about this, I don't know whether or not this actually happened and is true because they said that they heard about it from somebody else. But, right. Um, basic, like, friends is still kind of more of like a... Well, it is a mainstream media show, but there's a lot of the parts of the nation that, like, don't watch shows like that. Like, it's not appealing to every single minority group that's in the United States. So I feel like that's still making an assumption and kind of, like, drawing lines without you realizing it is. Right. Like, that mainstream type of media might be more applicable to a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just thought it was unfortunate because sometimes, like, even though you're not intending for there to be bias and you just want somebody's specific personality type, you're still doing it. Um, but, yeah, that was pretty much my point there. But, yeah, I mean, accents don't need to define attractiveness or any other, like, personal qualities. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, and kind of, like, I guess on the topic of people's life experience and the things that they've been through and how it doesn't really determine who they are or what they can be, I was reading um, The Last Black Unicorn by mm. Tiffany Haddish. I actually finished the book. Right. Um, and it was, well, it was very, very good, but I don't know if, like, you've seen some of her stand-up specials? I have never seen Tiffany Haddish's stand-up specials. Oh, dang. Yeah. Wow, this is fully new for you. Although, I, I read a couple pages of your book whenever you were reading it. I would, like, <laughs> peer over your shoulder, and it seemed very... She read the saddest pages. Yeah. It seemed very, um, like, heavy topics, and, yeah. and you know, it's it's something that you wouldn't... I, I never would have expected that out of here. Yeah. I know that she's in, like... I've, I've watched some of her movies, but I don't think I've watched, like, Oh, Girl's watched... Trip or something? Yeah, I think I so. I that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, with... You talked about dark topics. With um, comedians, I always feel like there's a layer of darkness to them. So, like, even with um, Robin Williams and stuff like that, I feel like some of their humor comes from a relatively dark place. Um, but... The thing is that, like, even if they're, I don't know, like, some of the humor comes from lightening themselves up from that darker, depressed place. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. So, in her situation, I think it's a little bit different because, like, instead of the darkness promoting the lightness, it's more of, like, she experienced so much darkness, and at that point, she conflicted it with light, but now she just, like, brings that light to other people. So, like, her life, I assume, is better now. It seems like that's the case. And I am very, very happy about that because she seems like a very genuine person. Mm -hmm. Um, But she talks about some of these experiences in um, her... in her comedy specials. Also, this is, like, not a promotion or a rating of any sort. Dude, I wish it was. I know, right? Yeah, I really like her, but... um, Yeah, so basically, like, it's talking about her family and how it was kind of messed up, and her mom was, like, in a car crash when she was younger, and then the car crash kind of changed her and her relationship with her mother, and there was, like, some physical and emotional abuse, and then, like, an ex-husband who there were some very complicated situations and abuse and stuff like that with, and living in foster care and all that stuff, and, like, what happened with that and other people who had hurt her with, like, different boyfriends and one who was, like, a pimp. Yeah. And some of these things she did talk about, right? Like, the um, pimp thing, it was, like, funny enough for her to talk about in a comedy special, but a lot of this stuff 
she didn't necessarily think she would write about, but she wanted to be honest about it and, like, mm-hmm. the truth of the darkness from which she came from. Yeah. And, like, how even if you come from, like, a really crappy environment, like, and nobody believes in you, even if sometimes you don't believe in yourself, like, you can still. It Yeah, definitely seemed like a very raw and open book. Like, I yeah. don't think... It, it was very... I'm not all cards on the table. This is what's happened to me. This is how I made the most of it. And, like, here's how I grasped every opportunity that I could have. Like, it seemed like that type of book. Yeah, I mean, it was. And she even talked about, like, some of the other comedians that were kind of along her way and how Mm -hmm. some of them didn't believe in her and were, like, talking down to her because she was a woman in the field. And then, like, a few years later, they're all, like, begging her to be, like, on their sets and other stuff. So... Um, no, I think it was a really, really special story. Um, but yeah, she has a very lighthearted attitude about everything. And at the beginning of the book, she actually talks about how people had like given her the assumption Mm -hmm. that she was stupid and she wasn't good at writing and she couldn't read well. So like this book, like it may not have been written in a way that, um, what is the name of the guy who wrote The Road? Uh... One second, let me think about it. Like, it might not have been written in a way that Cormac McCarthy wrote it, but it was still, like, it had a lot of depth to it. And I think even just, like, the truthfulness of what she said added a layer that usually people wouldn't expect. Um, So I just thought that that was interesting. And the funny thing is, like, I've started reading the afterword of books uh, because sometimes I like to know what people's inspiration is for it, especially for, like, the sake of a biography. I want to know why it is that they decided to share what they decided to share, but I don't think I've ever read something like this book where, for, in terms of, like, a biography, where they were, like, this honest about it. Um, because, like, you never, like, you want to share the things that, like, made you the person who you are, but in a positive light, like, never, nobody ever really shares everything, everything. And it seemed like she shared a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and that has to be draining, too. Yeah. Props yeah. to, props to Tiffany Haddish. But anyways, um, we also, like, did a couple of, I guess, other fun things during the winter break. So, um, we watched, like, oh, we watched Coco, which we was did a watch really, Coco. really sweet movie. It was my first time watching it. It was, like, your fifth time. It was, like, my fifth time watching it. It's <laughs> very popular amongst friends of mine. But. Well, it was a good movie. Like, I genuinely, I'm upset that I didn't watch it before. And it was, again, very emotional, but also very cheery. And I love endings like that, where it's so cute and it resolves so well. Um, but I... You know yeah. they're coming out with the Coco, too? Oh, boy. My heart. <laughs> okay, I need to prepare myself. I cried a little bit during the movie. Dude, I did, um, too, like, the first time that I saw it. Okay, okay. So it's it was not very sentimental. It was. It was so cute. Disney but... movies and Pixar movies have been getting more sentimental with yeah, the years. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Um... Spoiler for anybody who has not seen Coco. I spoiler, spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I did not expect for um there to be like a murder in a in a Disney like in a Disney movie. It it was implied. It was impl- it was still like it was stated. Dude, you got but, like well, I should actually expect it of Disney because Lion King. Oh yeah. 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 Disney is dark. Yeah. They put this in kids' movies. Okay, spoiler ending. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, we did a bunch of other stuff. Like, um, we got inbox tattoos. Yes, okay. Which are sick. We wanted to try them out. And I feel like at this point, we had the time to, like, actually do it and mm-hmm. enjoy doing it. Um, so we got, like, two inkbox, inkbox, inkbox. inkbox tattoos each. 
And um, like, we're like, oh my god, what place should we put it in? And did all of that fun stuff. Um, and like, they turn out relatively well for, for her. Yeah, for me. <laughs> um, I like like wrist and like bicep tattoos. So I tried to like, you know do stuff like that well still i feel like the location that i chose for at least one of them was not like a location that it should have turned out light but like mine turned out a little bit lighter um but it was still fun to do yeah it was very fun to do yeah and like it's a pretty like quick process of just being like clean prime prep and then put it down and then remove it and it's just like very low effort so i appreciated that but they look great yeah i liked mine i think the only like real thing that would help with this to determine if you actually want a permanent tattoo is like getting maybe like four of the same tattoo and mm-hmm. putting it in the same location for like eight weeks right and then you're like all right it's been two months now i know that i'm not tired of this because they're supposed to last for like a week to two weeks right so um yeah i feel like that would be interesting but it's just another thing to do during quarantine honestly because i'm not gonna go outside right now and get like uh anything done like i'm not gonna get a piercing or a tattoo or anything like that with the public health climate mm-hmm. <laughs> at the moment so um it was fun i i feel like i would try to make sure it turned out better next time <laughs> if i did but like the one that you have on your arm is pretty cool yeah I she like has like one. a little elephant going on i feel like low-key if you know how to like reuse inkbox tattoos properly you could probably get like two uses out of one tattoo though i don't know if that's the case though because i think most of the ink is supposed to come off on you yeah but then like when we removed it like there's still a bunch of ink on the tape i think there's a little bit left yeah i don't know maybe but i feel like it'd be a lot lighter yeah that's true yeah um but yeah that was definitely a lot of fun and then i started reading like a couple of different other books i'm about to start reading the windfall which I think will be exciting. And then um, she made cake. She made black forest cake. Yep, to ring in the new year. And it tasted really, really good. <laughs> Thank um, you. No, honestly, like, I... I made, like, two variations of it, didn't I? So I did, like, one with... I did, like, a three-layer black forest cake with cherry jam and um, uh, uh, with cream frosting and chocolate cake, obviously. Uh, we don't drink alcohol, so it was uh, not alcohol-free kind of cake and then i did another one which was like chocolate cake with a hard chocolate layer and then cherry frosting on top and she's obsessed with that one (laughs) yeah i mean honestly both of them are really good i do not like i like cherries by themselves i generally don't like them in um cakes or like cake frostings or whatever the case is like what is that other type of cherry that is on the top? Marshino cherry. Yeah, I really dislike marshino cherries. She really likes them. But, like, she did this, like, cherry jam thing. Um, I don't know if it's a it's jam, a jam. Or reduction. <laughs> yeah, okay, a cherry jam. Um, and she makes it into the frosting, and it honestly tastes amazing. So, like, I don't know. Her stuff is really, really impressive. Like, we used to buy cake outside for, like, celebrations, and now... Now I just, just make them. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like... She does, and it, uh, baking is stress relief for you most of the time. Yeah. So, like, usually it's a fun process. Um, but yeah, I feel like I didn't even take the full, like, few weeks off, but the few days I did have been, like, very, very rejuvenating. Like, I took a solid, like, five days. So, I feel like it's what I needed. It's always difficult to get back to work. Like, yeah. you get in that mindset after a break, you're like, 
I'm so used to relaxing and like doing work at my own pace and stuff like that. So like, it's different, but I don't know. Like, it's different versus having to go into the office. Like that's more effort, but it's still like effort to like change your mindset of how you approach things and how you approach the work you do. So, plus it's so hard to reach people that you need to get in touch with like electrical bill companies or whatever <laughs> during the break. Well, that's not who I need to call, but I'm just providing an example. Um, but yeah, I feel like this was the perfect time. But uh, as the new year starts, we hope that everybody has a really, really good one and that it is a much better year for everyone than 2020 was. Um, Continue to stay safe and put a mask and hopefully we'll all... We're almost there. Almost there. Yeah. Home stretch. Um, yeah, but anyways, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can follow us at any... Wow, it's a long time since I've done this. You can follow <laughs> us at Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you like what we're talking about. And we hope to see you next time. So, bye! bye.